Poop, poop smells bad. Ragnar, what? Please, Monroe. Welcome to another episode of Calling Monroe. I'm Ranger, and I'm joined in uh, danger by the man who, yeah, by Guillon. The he, he's in a mood. I'm going to warn you guys. He's in a mood. Are you in a mood, Guillon? I am in a good mood. A, an exceedingly good mood. Yes. Why? It's late. I had ca- I had candy. Oh, <laughs> you're it's such an infant. sugar ass. <laughs> <laughs> isn't a uh, sugar rush isn't that a myth yeah, i think so uh, but i'm so happy to get candy yeah and i'm excited what candy are you having i mean it doesn't have much sugar it's pringles oh that's not candy that's potato chips crisps if you will yeah but it's fun fair enough you know what else is fun calling monroe calling monroe not just the podcast but the doing of it should we call monroe yes Okay, nice. It's been a while since we talked to him. Let's uh, let's call and roll. Mm-hmm. What's up, folks? Hey, hey. Oh, wait. Where's Ole? Where's Ole? <laughs> hey, Monroe. Yeah, I really missed you. Oh, good yawn. I, I listened to last week's episode. And was like, they don't need me anymore. I'm not needed. You, you, you were missing there. Uh, I mean, we did fine without you, I'd say. <laughs> that, that was literally, I was listening. To, you know what? They're, they're actually doing great without me. Like, there's, there's just no need. You brought it home, though, with the uh, with the voicemail. It was good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what were you doing just before we called you? Anything special? What do you, what do you mean? <laughs> Fuck I'm just wondering if you were like, uh, I don't know, like 69ing, for example. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. Just wondering, like randomly, is that what was happening? <laughs> just fuck off. <laughs> anyway, how have you been? I've, I've been well. I've been well. I uh... can you can you explain to our listeners why you failed them last week? I moved into new flat and I made the ultimate mistake of not sorting the Wi-Fi prior to moving mm. to the flat. And, and you don't have, do you not have unlimited 4G on your smellophone? No, I got two gigabytes of data on my smellophone. What? Well, now do I've not, updated. Do you not have Chinese 5 5G? No, no. But how do you live with two gigabytes a month? Because I just use Wi-Fi. Ta-da. I do not know how much you are use of data. No, because I thought the world was basically, we just moved on to unlimited data. Uh, I nah, do not, not have unlimited not in the data. UK. Interesting. Interesting. I think I have. Do you guys a- have unlimited on your Wi-Fi? Yes. <laughs> yes. Because that's not like that. We in uh, in Scotland, we moved into an apartment once, and we like fucked up the ordering of the internet. So instead of ordering the unlimited one, we had accidentally ordered like you know some specified number of gigabytes, and we just exceeded it immediately, like day one. Mm. It was mm. ridiculous. Anyway, uh, sugar. Rush, yeah, Monroe. Yes or no? I so yesterday at work, I didn't have time for lunch, and then it got to about half past three, and one of my colleagues felt sorry for me, so they brought me a wagon wheel, 
What is that? And what is that? A wagon wheel is a round chocolate biscuity thing. It sounds uh, good. It is good, um, and it has some. Mar- it has a marshmallow layer in it as well. Wait, wait, oh. wait! Tell me how it's written. I- I'm gonna look at it. Uh, just <laughs> wagon wheel, uh, just like a, the wheel of a wagon. Uh, what, what, I'm sure I'm not gonna get any chocolatey then. Just put chocolate then. Is is this British thing like Scottish thing? Or is this American thing? I think it's a uh, place of origin, Australia, Canada, United Kingdom. It's mm, like that's three we- different countries they've got as the place of origin there. It's like Vegemite. Yeah. Wait, it, did it say, you said Australia, Canada, and something? And United Kingdom are all the place of origin for... It's a Commonwealth thing. But then after I consumed this wagon wheel, I got so hyper. So How big is this? Uh, it's about the size of the palm of your hand. Bit smaller. I'm, I, you know, my palm of my hand is small. <laughs> <laughs> bit, bit bigger then. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I got, and I, so I feel like it's probably not a thing if you're, if you have eaten, if you're eating regularly, but if you haven't eaten in a while, then it could be a thing. If your blood sugar is running a bit low, then it could be a thing. Yeah. So I'm on uh, webmd.com and mm. there's an article called Busting the Sugar Hyperactivity Myth. Ah. Mm. So WebMD claims that it's a myth. Uh, yeah, but that's also that just has to be bollocks because you know when you're I don't know when when you know I did that big hike across uh, Iceland when I was there. Yeah. And on the first day, I just didn't get my food right, and I was absolutely hanging. Mm-hmm. And then Krister whapped out a saurine bar that he'd hidden away for like some rainy day, which what turned out say? to be the first. A uh, what? Yeah, well, you keep mentioning these completely <laughs> random things. <laughs> I feel like there's also some new in that story. It's like it was lion bar or or, or, or lard or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was a Mars like, bar at one yeah. point, and then it was a Snickers, then it was a lion bar. So you're like, you're changing it. And now what? What was the thing you said it was? Sorin, S-O-R-E-E-N. It's a malt loaf. And the, Ma- the, malt, so- malt, yeah. Yeah, so the the basic version of Sorine, I don't think tastes that good unless you toast it and put butter on it. But you also get new versions of Sorine, which you can put chocolate orange through, which has chocolate orange through or banana flip. Anyway, he whapped out the the Sorine bar. I munched on that, and then I had so much energy again. Like like getting energy yeah, from food is in 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 that sort of short section is just a thing. Well, yeah, obviously you're talking about going from a state of low energy to having a proper amount of energy, but yeah. I'm talking about going from having a proper amount of energy to being like hyperactive and yeah. unable to control yeah. yourself. Well, you know, that can't, that like, shouldn't be a thing because your insulin should just kick in to stop you getting too much sugar, and then you can't even absorb more of the sugar anyway. Yeah. yeah. If I Google Surin. I only get a wape. You get a what? Wape. Wape device. A wape? Yeah. Uh, yeah, a vape, an e-cigarette thing. Oh. What do you think? What's your uh, medical opinion of those? Uh, yeah, so it does help people. I guess the, there's two sides to um, vaping. One is that it. I think it probably is better than smoking. Uh-huh. Um, so if you are a smoker and you convert to vaping, that's probably good. But the uh-huh. downside of them is that it's probably going to mean that, so where rather than quitting smoking, some people might just go to vaping and keep that. Or some people might, so there was some stuff where they were in music videos and stuff like that for a while, which then just means that the next generation might not start smoking, but might start vaping. And then they're just doing that as their thing. And that's not good. Is that not good? Like, I'm... I don't know. From what I've gathered, my only position on vaping is that on vapes is that they're fine. It doesn't really matter. 
is it, is it not like a mini shisha? Uh, no, because it's not like there's no nothing being burnt. Like in a shisha, there's still some burnt matter. Oh, because you have like a coal thing that heats things and shit. But this, there's no burning matter. It's just vaporized liquid. But it, I saw like somewhere that it actually incre- increases inflammation to some extent. I mean, yeah, it might do. So it might be some increased risk of cancer, but less than of smoking. There is like a school of thought. I'm pretty sure that uh, everyone should use nicotine. What? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Go. Because it because it has like dem- demonst- demonstrable uh, effects on your cognition. So it like as long as you it's kind of like caffeine. As long as you mm. have a, a limitless supply of it and can just keep taking it regularly, then all it does is good stuff for your brain. Basically, like you focus better. Uh, you think faster, your reactions are better. <clears throat> I saw somewhere stuff. that if you use too much of caffeine, you're gonna mm. your sense of time increase. I mean, decreases. I mean, it's more faster. You feel like the time is going faster. Wait, time goes faster, or you go faster than no, time? No, the time goes faster. This means you feel like time goes faster. I would think it would be opposite. No, in, you, in a way, you, would... you live. You will feel like you live shorter. <laughs> probably so. It's so marginal. Yeah, I know. It's probably just like, how do you feel like? How long time do you feel like? It's, it's like going now, and then someone says ten minutes, and if they had caffeine, they're gonna say seven minutes. Like, oh, yeah. Fuck! You just you were actually three minutes longer. You just died a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, that. Ca- coffee is a thing, though. Like. uh Coffee is a thing. Co- but no, no, <laughs> is, coffee drinking. It is a thing, yeah. Oh, God. Coffee drinking and Alzheimer's and then coffee drinking and Parkinson's, isn't it? They, it has one effect on one and then like I would, the opposite effect on the I other. I would think if the thing is, if you take L-Dopa, that is a drug that is used in Parkinson, it increases addiction and therefore probably you want more Coffee? But then there are, like, you can handpick these little things, though, because I think uh, smoking is protective against ulcerative colitis. Yeah. Uh, just like inflammatory inflammatory yeah. bowel disease. And there are, so there are, like, certain niche things that all these sort of things are protective against. Is it only that, or is it autoimmune disease? General. Uh, it's only that, because so there are two main types of inflammatory bowel disease, Crohn's and ulcerative colitis, and it actually makes Crohn's worse, whereas it makes ulcerative colitis better. So it's, it's a very niche thing mm. but there's a, few, always, there's a few funny ones with that where so um sickle cell disease is a bad thing but it's protective against malaria which is why it's uh, been preserved i think it's the only it's one of like one of the only if not the only clear example of uh, a heterozygous advantage where like having one copy of the mutation uh, is protective for you and is like clearly of benefit do you think but it's the two only, is only case of that no, it's, what's uh, the what's the big one? Um, this, oh, that massive! Uh, it's such a well-known condition with the chlorine channels in your intestine. The breathing fibrosis uh, one. It's, it's your cystic, lung. Cystic, fibr- cystic fibrosis. Cystic, cystic fibrosis. fibrosis. Yeah, yeah. Um, Having one copy is not good for you. Well, they think it might have been because it's very prevalent in uh, European populations, and they think that it might have been protective against cholera because cholera switches on the same receptors that cystic fibrosis means you have fewer of. Okay, mm. interesting science. Uh, I'm reading here, and it mainly says shit about uh, what's it called, sickle cell. I think it's like 
there aren't many examples no. of this yeah. in any case. Yeah. Oh no, yeah, cystic fibrosis here. They mentioned it on Wiki Wikibadae. Knowledge, absolute knowledge. Again, when you say this with the heterozygous yeah, advantage, are you sure there is? Are, do you mean it for an infectious disease or something like that? We're talking about like. Uh, or just in general, there, there are protective alleles. No, no, we're saying we're having one. Having one is good, and having two is bad. Oh, you mean like it's having that way. one is better? Yeah, one is better than oh, zero, oh, oh. but two is much worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get, I get, I understand. What yeah, is. there's. It's very rare for this to be a thing, and sickle cell is like the classic one. But yeah, cystic fibrosis apparently. Uh, but they say it's. It seems to be like less certain for that one, for just from skimming this that it's something about yeah. tuberculosis and, mm. and cholera and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. But the the sickle cell one is like very well demonstrated. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Reddit really came through this week for uh, some niche knowledge as well. Oh, yeah? Uh, there's a really cool Reddit page, uh, Explain Like I'm Five. Mm. Um, and one of the questions it was asking was, why does it feel colder inside in the winter, even though the thermostat says it's the same temperature as in the summer? And one of the points it makes in the response that it got is that the way we absorb heat as humans is... 50% through infrared radiation, 25% through conduction, and 25% through convection. Mm -hmm. And that's why, so if you're in, if you go into the shade versus going into the sun, there's a substantial difference in how warm you feel. But the actual air temperature around you isn't that different. Mm. But it's just because the one of the most efficient ways that we can absorb heat is through infrared. Oh. And then when you're in your house in the in the winter, the air temperature might be um, 20 degrees or whatever it is, but the furniture around you won't be that temperature, so it won't be radiating heat and the, the sun won't be coming through the windows and stuff, so then you don't feel as warm. This is interesting. I've never thought of, I've never thought about it. I'm trying that. to think if this is true. Why wouldn't the, the, uh, the furniture be the same temperature as the air? Uh, Isn't it something about conduction? But that doesn't make any sense because that's the te the ambient temperature of the room would tend towards some sort of equilibrium. It doesn't make sense for the furniture to be a different temperature than the air, I mean, like it, drastically. It, it, I don't know. If it, I put the heating on in my flat, then the, the surface, air temperature would... Is it the surface of the furniture or do you have to go like a few little bit inside and down? If you turned on the heating in your room and you left it for... 12 hours at a stable temperature hmm. and you came in there, your furniture would be at that temperature. Yeah, I see your point. To be. And my surface level knowledge is running Roger, out. Does it, not have to, <laughs> does it not have to do something with how much it conducts heat the matter it's in? Yeah, well, yeah, of course, but like eventually you would hit an equilibrium, but yeah. I would think it would but be like something just, to do with humidity though. Maybe it just takes because that long time that yeah, I mean, it depends on how how many fluctuations there are in your like in the UK. You guys fluctuate your temperature way too much because you're you always playing. You're playing. You know how like we talked about drugs and how the point of drugs is to always be flirting with be, with death. You want to come as close to it as possible. <laughs> sure. So you like you take like uppers and then you're about to die. So you take like a downer and then you don't feel as high. So you take some more like that sort of thing. You guys do that, but with your fucking like temperature inside your houses <laughs> like turn on your your fucking heating for like a strategic 20 minutes and then you turn it off until everyone's freezing to death and then you like <laughs> go for another power 45 <laughs> it's, it's horrible it's truly horrible you gotta play the game man you gotta play I the mean, game no doctor, the floor not, is always freezing cold used to, they're not used to iceland where you can just like 
put the temper the heat on and you do not worry. I mean no, you guys heat like, the pavements like yeah. come on. Yeah. I was uh, listening I'm, to an interesting podcast this week actually about um room temperature. Uh Wow. I know it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't sound interesting, but we it have this horrible. defined room temperature which has been kind of uh, explained to us all uh, after some experiments. I can't remember what the name of the guy was, but he basically defined room temperature based on what Western men in suits felt most comfortable in. Mm. And since then, we've all uh, we've kind of focused around that point for our room temperature. Whereas prior to that, room temperature would have been more fluctuating based on where you lived and time of year and now, all just those wondering, sorts of factors. What kind of stuff do you like to listen to? You listen to a podcast about room temperature. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. basically, basically, we are actually a podcast about room temperature right now. Yeah, that's yeah, true. We're creating one. Not only do you listen to it, you create it. Costing the Earth by BBC, which is really good. But I don't think that I am, in, like, immediately, I don't feel like I'm inclined to believe this theory, that it's, like, it's just, it's designed for men in suits to be comfortable. Like, maybe, but I feel like, that's that sounds too simple. It seems overly simplified for the sake of some like quick point to make so that you sound clever. I don't believe it. Yeah, I think that's potentially yeah. In the pharmacology that. we calculate like room temperature, how it's gonna be stable in room temperature. And we always say it's like I don't remember the number, twenty four point five twenty degrees, isn't it? Twenty four point five degrees or something. No, that's hot. That is man. hot. No, I think that's that hot. I think that's the number we actually use. In the cut, that in can't the be. Tw- whenever we were in chemistry and stuff, we always just used twenty degrees Celsius. Really? Yeah. I think we. Yeah. Okay. Maybe in pharmacology, where you calculate the stability of drugs. I mean, it's it's shelf shelf temperature, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe I'm remembering wrong. I feel like it was twenty four degrees, something like that's that. That's so hot, though. Like that's for a room temperature. That's actively very hot. <laughs> a man in a suit would be sweating. <laughs> Chemistry room temperature. Why do I feel like it was not 20 degrees? Because you want to be right, desperately. Yeah, that's true. Room temperature, chemistry, Guillaume is right. It is. <laughs> I search Guillaume is right. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It is. And it is 15 to 25 degrees. So 20. <laughs> if you have to boil if you have to boil 15 to 25 says, down to one in number far, in pharmacology chemistry controlled room temperature is between 20 and 25 okay <laughs> whatever man the u.s environmental <laughs> protection agency defines normal temperature as 25 degrees stop making this a podcast about room temperature <laughs> That's not what this is. <laughs> it's it's I nearly vomited on a patient this week. Oh, do tell. This is more interesting. Yeah, it's a more fun story. I don't actually know if I should tell this on the podcast. Is it like you were nauseous and you almost threw up? No. Why wouldn't you tell this on the podcast? What's the problem? Well, because it's... Uh, uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, uh, yeah. Um. <laughs> okay. okay, let's stop this. You're just going to tell a random story about something that sometimes... Yeah. In theory, I did. Happen. I had to do a rectal exam on someone mm-hmm. and uh, they'd done a little bit of poop in their pants beforehand and it smelled so bad. I kept on walking in and then the poor nurse was there and afterwards she said uh, she thought I was going to cry at one point and I kept just like backing out to like, oh, oh, oh. What, Monroe, what is the name of the person? 
<laughs> wait, what? You were doing a, a rectal exam. Yeah. And wait, like we need more. He, okay, he pooed himself. That's fine. But like, why was it so, so bad? Honestly, I have no idea. I poop, have poop no smells idea. bad. Ragnar. Yeah, what? but no, no, no. Okay. Was he like covered in it or? No. <laughs> no. Couldn't they just clean the man before you had to examine him? Yeah, but it, it was the whole the whole ward. Oh, yeah. What? I know. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fair. Uh, that, that was a good th- theoretical story. Yeah, thanks. So much for another poopless episode. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Uh, did you, how did you like, I wanted to ask you, how did you like uh, Ole's business idea? What was Ole's business idea? The, uh, the, the, the oh, the was this meats. the best idea I've ever heard? Was this once we can produce vegan meats by growing in the lab, we should then produce human meat and then we can get sales from celebrities and grow them and make steaks out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they would, honestly, it's literally the best idea ever. Uh, yeah, yes. And you guys also worked out that you can't copyright it. So you could just, I don't know, scratch them a little bit and then grab their cells and then, yeah, jobs are good. And, were you disgusted yeah. by it like I was? or No, I it- thought it was absolute genius. Yeah, it's the best. It is, hands down, the best idea I've ever heard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least I would never buy it. Oh, who have you got tonight? Oh, just a bit of Brad Pitt. Just a bit of, oh, yeah. Just, it's amazing. Exactly. I don't think, yeah, get some growth. Like, you wouldn't want to eat Trump, would you? That's not, regardless or, of how you feel about his politics, you, you're not you? going to want to eat Trump. Mm. That's just not. Some, some people would. Some people just not absolutely a, would. not a tasty looking man. No, he's not tasty looking. But we have, you have to, you have to remember that, like, the biggest, like The Rock, for example, he's not the tastiest man. What? No. Like, he's too, he's too jacked. What is a tasty person? We said it, Jonah Hill. How about would you uh, eat your jo- Jonah Hill? There's a little bit Jonah. too much marbling going on there. Would you? Not would always, you man. eat yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I would make my. Own, I'd make steak. Me. Would you eat Mel? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you did already today. <laughs> <laughs> if you had to pick, so a uh, slightly different different thought. Uh, you have to eat a part of Mel, like <laughs> cannibalism. Eat, yeah, uh, and ingest. Yeah, what but, part but of you? She, she what would part be, of her do you think? She would be fine. Is the best. She would be fine. No, thigh. no, no, no. Thigh. No. What is it? Thigh. Yeah. Fine. No, she's not going to be fine. Why would she be fine? No, I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, like, you have to go through this horrible to, ordeal, and he has to hurt her. Yeah. What yeah, part? Okay. Is, you go thigh. Thigh. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that high impact? Wouldn't you rather take like calf or something? What do you mean by high impact? If you eat her calf, right, you can just chop her leg off at the knee and give her like a prosthetic bottom half of, of her leg. Yeah, but I could if just you eat take her thigh. Could, you've ruined the entire leg. No, you haven't. You don't, I don't have to eat the whole thigh. I you just, have to. I can take to a eat... steak sliced, a steak sized slice, and she. Can yeah, still it has walk. to be at least two hundred grams. Yeah, fine. <laughs> yeah. I sh- yeah, you she can, won't be fine. I mean, she, I mean, yeah, it's not going to be the same. But I'll have had a tasty meal. <laughs> you you can actually remove a muscle. There are muscles that are that don't really change much their movement. Yeah, uh, maybe she'll have a stick, but I could dig that. Yeah, you're okay with that. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a stick in a few years anyway. Will you? Yeah, I'll get arthritis in my in my ankles. Oh, because you fucked them from climbing. Yeah. I be... already have arthritis. Nice. Confirmed. Diagnosed. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. And my uh, big toe. 
And your big toe. You can get that fused though, can't you, your big toe, surely? Uh, I'd rather not. You can also just cut it off. Yeah, well, I'd big toe's rather not. Big toe's quite a, like, little toe can go, I guess, but big toe. Don't people say that the little toe is so important for balance? Yeah, bollocks. I don't know. I feel like the big toe is, but no, I don't want the big toe fused because, like, you want it to be able to move. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, absolutely. Why? Because it's important for moving your leg. Like, you stand on your, yeah, it's important. What are you talking about? I don't know. Well, that's true. Uh, no, you can get your bones shaved. The bone in the joint, like, grows, and it starts to impede the movement. So you can get, like, the the bone shaved down, mm. uh, which seems like a, a horrible thing to have to do. Yeah. Well, I had a, 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 my mom's friend, I think, did it, and... And I was asking her about it. She's like, no, it's fine. You just like you just do it. And then you just take morphine for a couple of days to get you through the pain. And then you're okay. And I no, I, I don't think if I start taking morphine for a couple of days, I don't think I'll be taking morphine for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. So like, also with a lot of uh, a lot of orthopedic operations, they don't put you to sleep. They just uh, just sort of give you get you numb beyond below a certain uh, vertebral level. So you're still awake whilst a lot of these operations happen. And I feel like they're the nastiest operations to be awake for because often they have to wear like full face coverings because that's the operation where things will splurt. They come out with all these like DIY looking tools, drills and saws and hammers and chisels. And then you just hear them working away whilst your head's just under this little blanket. Yeah. yeah. Good Lord. That doesn't sound good at all. I mean, <laughs> C-section is done like this, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. C-section, C-sections are, oh, they're tough. When uh, I, I uh, was a student, I was in on a couple and the main doctor who was doing it told me to grab two sides of uh, one side of the the woman's belly. He grabs the other. And then he was just like, right now pool. And Uh, you literally just tear it open. And, but there's a very good reason for that because if you, if you cut rather than pull, then you're more likely to damage blood vessels. Um, Mm. And so that's why they just tear it open as opposed to uh, cutting. Um, But it's, horrible really yeah yeah interesting do you think anyone's ever performed a c-section on themselves that's a hard no i actually think it was like some story when i was in edinburgh about some doctor that was like 200 years ago a woman that she acted like she was a man and she had given birth and i mean she was the doctor really so it was like somebody that she had done a c-section on herself it says here on wikipedia While most are deadly to either the woman, the child, or both, there are at least five known documented successful cases. Really? Oh. Yeah. So there was was a Mexican woman in March 2000 who had no medical training, and she did it on herself, and they both survived. Whoa. She sat down on a bench, drank three small glasses of hard liquor— uh, you shouldn't drink when you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then she used a 15 centimeter, 5.9 inch, it says, kitchen knife to cut open her Ugh. abdomen in a total of three attempts. <laughs> she cut through her skin in a 17 <laughs> centimeter vertical line. Holy shit. Starting near the bottom of the ribs and ending near the pubic area. I think for comparison, a typical C-section incision is 10 centimeters. So she almost doubled that. I think Holy some shit. woman would just die instead. Yeah, she operated on herself for an hour, reached inside her uterus, and pulled out her baby boy. She then severed the umbilical cord with a pair of scissors and became unconscious. 
<laughs> then she regained consciousness, used clothes to bandage her wounds, and sent one of her older sons to find help. <laughs> uh, Holy shit. That's so baller. Yeah. Why didn't she yeah. tell herself to go while she was doing it? That's a really good question. I mean, it sounds like she was having a tough time and wasn't yeah. in uh, necessarily had the best of circumstances around her. To no, that's right. <laughs> I was going to tell you about Leonid Rogozov, but he sounds like a bit of a bitch now. We yeah. already talked about him, didn't it? The dude who operated in, on himself in the Antarctic. Oh, yeah, we did, didn't we? So now, the, now there's a requirement him. for certain people who go to Antarctica to have their appendix removed mm. prior to going. Yeah, he performed an appendectomy on himself which yeah. is hardcore but less hardcore than this i mean yeah. so many levels less hardcore than that and she said afterwards that she did not advise other women to follow her example <laughs> <laughs> no shit so like this was actually not a pleasant experience <laughs> oh my days fucking hell this is this is absolutely and crazy. where did this happen in mexico mexico i mean can't you go to a doctor there I would assume that she had something that Pretty stood in between yeah. her and a doctor. I suppose. Well, she lived in a village, clearly, because the village health assistant and a second man found her conscious and alert later on with a baby. She didn't sew herself back up, though, which I guess is minus points in the sort of cosmic scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> At least like, get the sewing needle out. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of having your uh, appendix removed preemptively. Mm-hmm. Have I have we spoken about uh, astronaut fingernails? No. Nope. So back in the day of like the Apollo missions when they were still going to the moon and shit, mm-hmm. they had their spacesuits like the iconic spacesuits that everyone's seen, the white ones, the American ones. Mm. And because you need to pump a lot of air into the spacesuits to keep them pressurized because you need them at like close enough to atmospheric pressure so that you can breathe and be human Mm. and there's like a vacuum outside Mm -hmm. so they end up being like super stiff imagine inflating like a a ball of some sort Mm -hmm. in order to make them nice and hard or like to to get the pressure up they get like nice and hard so basically that's what your suit is uh and then they also had hands and fingers as humans do Mm. and they needed to like when they go on the spacewalks to fix the station outside or fix whatever the fuck they're doing outside then they need to be able to use their fingers. But the suit is so stiff that it's really hard Mm. to move their fingers. So what they did was they made the gloves like really tight so that there would be less air in them and they'd be able to move them Mm. better and stuff. But because they were so tight, then no matter how short they cut their fingernails, apparently the fingernails would always get caught on them and they would end up getting just like torn up and bloody and horrible from from working in these spacesuits. So it just became routine this a dude told us this when we visited the European Astronaut Center in, in Cologne. He said it just had become routine for the astronauts before going into space, like right before they would surgically have all of their fingernails removed. Oh. No way! Yeah, so like they grow back eventually, and it's fine apparently. But imagine just having all of them removed, and you mm. just have no fingernails. That is, oh, that sounds horrible. Part, so apparently, spacesuits run about 0.3 atmospheres, which is about the same same atmospheric pressure you'd have at 30,000 feet but they're full of just uh oxygen aren't they so that you have enough yeah because otherwise you wouldn't be able to breathe because you wouldn't have enough partial pressure of oxygen nice yeah bro fine absolutely uh (laughs) so when i was in austria uh 2016 
my friend and I, Drew, she was there. We saw this advertisement and, well, like not an advertisement, like a job posting mm. by SpaceX. Mm. And they were asking for an individual mm. who was a qualified and uh, experienced biomedical engineer. Mm. And they were also asking for a certain amount of years of experience in fashion design. And this was for someone to design their <laughs> spacesuits. But like, can you imagine, like, ha- where the fuck are you going to find this find person? That person. Like, I'm you- sure it exists. I wanted to just asking for a specific person. We thought that maybe they had already picked someone in-house and like they just made a job, po- like they had to make a job posting. So they just tailored it to that one person. Yeah. Or they truly wanted, they just hoped they could get this, which I mean, maybe it exists. But all the spacesuits these days are they're ugly. Have you seen them? Like if you find all these like new, well, I, I want the you know those futuristic spacesuits that are just really tight and everything that you see in all, of all the films. When are they coming yeah. along? Uh, I mean, hurry up, guys! Yeah, they're hard because you need like you need to pressurize them, but they also need to be you need to be able to move in them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they need to be airtight, etc. It's hard. It's hard shit, and they need to like. Apparently the shoulder and the knee are like the hard ones, but the shoulder is especially hard because it it like has a it's unique in how it moves. The shoulder has such a wide range of motion, mm. uh, and in order to make like a joint, a spacesuit joint that has all that range of motion without fuck ups and maintaining that same like shape and everything, apparently it's very hard. Ragnar, have you never seen a sweater or t shirt? Yeah, but you, they're not spacesuits. But they have. Shoulders. They do have shoulders, but like they, there's bunching. I'm looking at my t-shirt right now. It like bunches at the shoulder. You can't do that in a spacesuit. It doesn't work. It's a problem. All right. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. I all thought right. I had the solution. Nope. You did not. That, that would have been sick though if we just come up with a solution for spacesuits right here. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It ju- it's just sweaters. Yeah. Just wear a fucking oh, sweater. You can, so. you can actually, uh, you can, like, if you go into space and basically just wear, there was some, some, one of these space agencies was, I think it was NASA, probably, that was experimenting with this, where it was just like a really thin layer of lycra, basically. And that's all they want, because that's basically all your body needs if you discount uh, your head and the fact that you need to breathe. Like, that's the big one. So <laughs> they they wanted to design one that basically is just this lycra, skin-tight, Spider-Man type thing. And then you just have like a fishbowl type shit on your head so that you can breathe. But it's extremely difficult to have those like two different types of pressurization mm, yeah. going. Theoretically, if you just, you like in uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey, there's that like scene where he, they open up the, the whatever it's called, the airlock. Have you seen that movie? No. Yeah. He like opens it up to do some fucking shit to like flush out some crap. And then he goes inside but he's like in open space for like 10 seconds or something and we uh, we had a lecture run through that scene with us and apparently it's fully realistic because you can as long as you don't try to hold your breath because if you try to hold your breath your lungs explode but as long as you don't do that you can survive in outer space for as long as your like blood is oxygenated but you know what you will do one of the first things you'll do when you go into outer space without a spacesuit what is it fart i mean yeah because all the air inside your body just like infl- well expands because you're in a vacuum. Yeah. It's like why you have to to fart on an airplane. Yeah. Somebody wrote a scientific paper about farting on airplanes. Nice. Farting on airplane. It was like a shitty paper. Mm-hmm. What they were what were they trying to make a point about? They were just it was kind of just a joke paper. I remember 
our uh, my bachelor's whatever uh, supervisor showed it to me. Yeah, it's called oh, that Flat kind of ba- when you said bachelor, I was like, I think I thought you meant like your bachelor party or something. I was like, I didn't know you had a bachelor party. <laughs> no, I found it. It's called uh, Flatulence on Airplanes: colon, Just Let It Go. Nice. And it's by it has like five authors. It's it's basically just a joke paper, it seems. Uh, but they're just talking about they said holding back flatus on on an airplane may cause significant discomfort and physical symptoms, whereas releasing potentially presents social complications. And then they propose that active charcoal should be embedded in the seat cushion since this material is able to neutralize the odor. Yeah, I can get on board with that. Get some. Although I never really smell farts on planes. No, same. So I don't, I think, you know, I don't think there's a problem that's there. My brain immediately jumped to, oh yeah, you don't smell the the fart on a plane because it's too noisy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but that makes a little bit. I don't know if if your it senses make, are overloaded it makes, already. It makes to some extent sense, right? But it still doesn't. Would you rather someone farted in a room with you if it was super noisy or completely quiet? I would rather someone did one that was noisy because you want to know about it, yeah. and then you can laugh. You get the funny side of the fart, and then if it smells, at least you've had the funny side. Whereas if it's just silent and you just get the smelly side, you didn't yeah. win anything. Mm, also, fair. I was I was trying to look this up, and I found a website dedicated well a, a page on a website dedicated to the myth about you can't smell farts on a plane mm-hmm. but the website is the greatest website ever it's called poopsandtoots.com oh god uh, and it's just a website all about poops and Ooh, toots nice yeah that's crazy poops and toots that, that that's probably what our podcast should have been called isn't it Oh, no, I think this is actually a weird website. Poops Uh-oh. and Toots is the personal diary of a 100-pound girl, girl's love of poops and farts. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think I want to read anymore. Wait, 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 wait. what is it? Poops and, and Toots or Poops and Toots? Poopsandtoots.com. Oh some my. of the stories come from my own bodily functions and some stories told secondhand. Oh, Poots. Oh, it's Poots and Toots. That's what poots it is, isn't it? Poots and Toots, yeah. I mean, oh, that, yeah. I, I, this is a horror. Oh, no. Greetings, lovers of poop. I'm back. I stopped <laughs> blogging because how much can you really blog about your regularity? Jesus I, Christ. I mean, it's 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 it looks like chocolate. <laughs> what oh. is this human? What is this? This person should not be doing this. No, no. How did you find it? Uh, I was trying to look up why can't you smell farts in a plane. And what did Boots and Toots say? Uh, it was she, I mean, someone who uh, writes that sort of blog is not going to give you a very good answer. <laughs> <laughs> but explain like I'm five, the subreddit comes through again. Okay. Uh, so it's saying that the airflow in planes is mostly top to bottom. So the air enters through the vents um, mm-hmm. Along the ceiling and then exit through your ankles. So as a result, the when you fart, the air is getting drawn away, down away from your nose. That's um, smart. And then also because uh, your altitude and you've got low humidity, this apparently reduces your sense of smell. Yeah, because your your nose needs humidity to sm- like it dissolves in water basically the smell, and that's how your nose, your olfactory receptors are able to. Smell it, right? It needs to have some like air humidity, which is what I'm going to say. Have you ever farted in either the shower or the bath? I mean, yes. Yeah, of course. Are you of the opinion, like myself, that it 
The smell is more potent. Mm, no. Fair. I do think this. Do you think it, do you think farts smell more when you do them in the shower or the bath than in a normal setting? I I feel like some uh, when it, there is moist, more moisture in the air, you will feel more smelly. Exactly. Exactly. Here it says, "Why do farts smell worse in the shower?" Uh, it's this is clearly a thing. God, we are just evolving into some absolute bullshit. <laughs> Why are you back, Monroe? Why are you back? <laughs> Yeah, I've not come up with... I will never in my life come up with an idea as good as Ole's eating celebrities. No, it's the best idea in the world. Eating vegan celebrities. Yeah, hands down, best idea. Yeah. Uh, Do uh, do we have any voicemails or anything? No, I don't even have a skill of the week. Well, I've kind of got one, but I think it might be one that everyone already knows. Do you remember when we said, like, is it vegan if... The animal or the human could give consent. Is it? Uh, we is it then cannibal? Is is it then vegan? Yeah. So I've thought if I have thought consented. about this right. So uh, there is a, there is the school of thought that you like you can't give consent to being eaten. That's like the story with that German guy, right? Hmm. He was eventually convicted of murder hmm. because it's determined or it's thought that you basically can't consent to being killed if you do then you are mentally ill and unable to give consent uh that being said breast milk from a human Mm. surely is vegan if it's uh if it's given willingly and uncoerced right Mm. and like your 69ing for example that all the fluids in that must surely be vegan So yeah, Wait, I, Ragnar, Ragnar, why are you always saying that? I don't know. No reason, probably. <laughs> uh, what's your skill of the week, Monroe? Just to segue briefly. So you know when you can't open a jar. Yeah. If you hit it with a knife, oh, then yeah. that that yeah, I thought that. Oh, or if no. you run, wow, if you run, so clever. I know, right? Yeah. Or if you run hot water over the oh, the lid, then it also expands. Yeah, yeah. yeah we can't. We, we need what? So all right, someone else. I have it. I have a better skill. So it's oh, fine. nice. That's good. Uh, I teased this many weeks ago, and then I forgot to ever talk about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the hiccups, los hiccupos. Yeah, you told us about the hiccups. If you no, get I a know. Pound. Yeah, but I know, but that's that's just like a crazy thing. I'm talking. All right, I'm talking. This thing always gets rid of your hiccups. All right. And why should you trust me? You ask. Well, Monroe, thank you for asking. Why didn't I, I not ask? Because you are too smart to have to ask. Okay, exactly. <laughs> How often do you get the hiccups, uh, first Monroe, roughly? So if I eat spicy food, then I get the hiccups. So, so but like, how often would you say? Is that the only I'd time? Say, uh, yeah, or that, or just like randomly? I'd say I probably get the hiccups once every three weeks. Okay, but uh, Gwilion, how often do you get the hiccups? I would say, I would like, I would actually like to bring a comment extra on that. It has decreased the time. I think it is like a half a year since one year. It might be a few years. Saying that, actually, the diaphragm of the Duchenne patient deteriorates also. Mm. So, in a way, I probably will get fewer hiccups. Okay. So, the, the estimates that I get from people are somewhere in this ballpark. People say, like, once a month up to, like, once a year or something seems to be the common answers. Uh, I get the hiccups almost every day. Really? Yeah. 
almost every single day. And my sister is similar. Uh, every she gets day? All the time. Yeah. What? Every day. Yeah. It must be a th- like some thing. But anyway, we get the hiccups always. And so I would consider myself thing, consider myself something of an expert at getting rid of the hiccups. And all you have to do is just hold your breath, like take in literally the deepest breath that you possibly can so that your diaphragm is like completely forced open or whatever the hell you want to call it, like uh, stretched mm-hmm. and then hold it like that for like as long as you can, basically, which isn't that long, uh, like 30 seconds. will usually do it probably or less. And then voila, you don't have the hiccups anymore. No. People have all these complicated ways. That doesn't yeah. always I'd li- yes, it does. I've, I've tried that. No, then you haven't you because ha- I've I've said it to people and people have been like, yeah, I'll try it. And then they take this like tiny fucking breath and they kind of hold it for a little bit. No, like you have to you gotta give it your all. You gotta take in as much air as you possibly can. You gotta commit. Yeah. You gotta like, fill yourself to the brim. I'm gonna is, use the bald person technique next time. This is actually annoying me so much. I can't I feel like it's a Ages since I got it last. Yeah, I mean, not me. I get the hiccups all the time. And this this gets rid of the hiccups every single time. Mel does a single hiccup after almost almost every meal. That's weird. Yeah. Isn't, it, isn't it just barp? Maybe. <laughs> the stereotype of people hiccuping when they're drunk, where the hell does that come from? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Alcoholics do hiccup, though, don't they? Do they? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to Google, why drunk hiccup? It's been like I'm five, I'll probably come through again. Probably. Oh, yeah, it does. Oh, really? I mean, people ultimately don't really understand hiccups particularly well, do they? I guess not. I don't know. It's But it's like a classic cartoon thing, right? This drunk dude who has the hiccups. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. But I have never experienced drunk hiccups, nor have I uh, seen someone like drunk hiccuping. Yeah, I don't think I have either, actually. No, yeah. Well, like, I've probably gotten the hiccups when drunk, but it's been, like, I get the hiccups all the time. Let's just say that alcohol could relax your diaphragm and vocal cords, making it easier for other factors to trigger hiccups. But that's not very satisfying, I can say. It's not like it, it's not it. It shouldn't be a thing in cartoons. Yeah, like it's not yeah. that stereotypical. It doesn't make any sense in cartoons. Yeah, yeah you have you not seen? Yeah, you got like the drunk guy who's doing the hiccups. Yeah, like if Bugs Bunny were drunk, he would one hundred percent be hiccuping. Yeah, that's right. I mean, cartoons wouldn't do this today. Wouldn't they? They would. Children, like, uh, children, cartoons wouldn't. They wouldn't show a drunk character. Are you sure? I mean, Bunny is not a new thing. It's old thing. Yeah, but like, I I don't know. I think they might still. I don't know. I don't know what they do in cartoons, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, I don't know where it comes from. Send us a voicemail if you know. Yeah, if you know anything about this fucking weird, weird stereotype, then please let us know. Uh, it, it, it was, I, I remember it wasn't like Rick and Morty. But he burps all the time, doesn't he? Anyway, do you have any parting words? <laughs> uh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Wait a second. Wait a second. How how are you doing? <laughs> are you are you feeling good? <laughs> no, those are your parting words. <laughs> I actually have a message here from a listener. Really? Yeah, but it's not like voice message. Oh, it's it's but... a it's an angry message. Oh well. Uh... Do you have parting words? <laughs> he, he says, fuck you, Weezer. Fuck who, who? Weezer, it's an Icelandic. Weezer? Yeah. No, oh, I thought you were talking about Weezer, the band. No, Weezer. And I will bring some parting words. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out for Johan. Hmm, all right, my man. <laughs> not, not, not the one that has been here. Not Johan. 
Man, at this point, you are just rambling. <laughs> uh, okay, CCC. I have something here because I had it all all the time here. I already said this, didn't I? You were born an original, don't I, a copy? I said yeah, this yeah, already. Yeah, of yeah, course, yeah. That, yeah. Uh, did I say this? You were born original, don't I, a copy? Yes. <laughs> I literally just did. Uh, I did that too. I can say this. Uh, the most important thing is to try and inspire people so they can be great in whatever they want to do. I mean, it's not your best. I mean, I I, I didn't even listen to myself. <laughs> wait, 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 I'm not random. You just can't think as fast as you me. Already you already said, said that, that one. Oh my God, you need to go damn, to sleep damn, right damn, now. Damn. Go to bed. Uh, no, no, I didn't do this. The best time to plant trees was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. The best time for you to go to sleep is right now. <laughs> okay, but but don't forget, be kind. Mm-hmm. Monroe, do you have any parting words? <laughs> Send us your voicemails. And I think that's it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do all that shit. Calling Monroe at gmail.com. Uh, calling Monroe on instant gram. We are the be- uh, best podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keep keep doing all that shit. Uh, listen to my music because there's another thing coming out on Monday. Oh yeah, it's it's on Monday. Just Monday go to Spotify is. and l- and save it and 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 play it a million times so I can get a million dollars. It's called water. 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 Water sucks. Gatorade's better. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, keep on tracking. Bye. Bye, folks. Bye, bye, bye. If you're feeling low, in need of a bro, there's one thing that makes your heart start to glow. Calling Monroe. Calling Monroe. Calling Monroe.